0: Father Campbell is a native Chicagoan who is doing Bear's missionary work in, Chicago, in Wisconsin. His goal is to live until the Second Coming. He arranged with Cardinal Burke to be our speaker tonight. Thank you, Father. Cardinal Burke was born and raised in Wisconsin. Some of the greatest Christians started out as atheists. On the evening of the third day of the National Football League Collegiate Player Draft, he is having dinner with Chicago Bears fans. Cardinal Burke has said that Catholic politicians who support legalized abortion should not receive the Eucharist. He is against embryonic cell research. He believes that marriage is between one man and one woman. He believes in respect for life, for conception until natural death. He says that the Mass is Christ himself coming down from heaven to renew the sacrifice of Calvary. Cardinal Burke is Cardinal Courage. He is here tonight to receive the Bishop Sheen Award and to encourage us to support Catholic Radio.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. you. It is for me a great honor to receive the second annual Fulton J. Sheen Award from WSFI Radio. I express my deepest gratitude to Patrick McCaskey of the Chicago Bears and the WSFI Catholic Radio team for inviting me to receive the award and for all they have done to make it possible for me to be with you tonight. Uh, I want to thank in a special way too Father Dwight Campbell who uh, made the initial contact and actually I was supposed to be with you last fall, but uh, uh, I had a bout with the contagion of the coronavirus in August that took me out of commission for several months. And tonight, so many of you told me that you are praying for me. And actually, I know that that's what uh, saved my life because the, uh, I had excellent... I had excellent medical care but the doctors at a certain point had said that there was nothing more that could be done and I was uh, sedated because they had put me on a ventilator. I didn't know that all these people were praying Uh, but when I was, after nine days when I was awakened and I uh, read all of these messages and learned about all of these prayers that were being offered uh, I knew immediately that that's uh, that God had answered prayers, and I can say very honestly that i uh, when I was awakened, I had the uh, it was palpable to me that the Mother of God, especially under her title Our Lady of Guadalupe, had been holding me in her arms during this whole time, uh, and uh, certainly uh, through the invocation of her intercession on your part with all your prayers. So thank you so very much. And, and, and please continue to pray for me. I certainly have great need for your prayers, not only to continue to to heal, but also in these uh, uh, incredibly turbulent times uh, in the church and in the world, to be a cardinal is a awesome responsibility, and I count upon the help of your prayers. Uh, in accepting the this wonderful award, uh, especially named after Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who was a hero of my childhood, we, my family, bought its first television in the early 1950s, and we always gathered I think it was on Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken, or anyway, it was one of the weekday nights, too. We all gathered around the television set, and I was absolutely captivated by this uh, wonderful communicator for Christ, and I hope that very soon his beatification will, uh, will take place. I was blessed. I serve on the Congregation for Causes of Saints, and I was blessed to study the miracle for his beatification. It was—it's a, a wonderful uh, miracle of the saving of a life of a child who was strangulated in the birth canal and had not breathed for over an hour after his birth, and uh, everyone invoking the intercession of Fulton Sheen, and after I think it was 64 minutes, all of a sudden this child who had turned blue and was there was had not been breathing began to breathe at full color. And of course the doctors expected that the child would be extremely impaired mentally because his brain had not received oxygen for uh, over an hour. And instead the child is perfectly normal. So let us hope that soon that gadification will will take place. In accepting the award, I express my esteem for the dedication of WSFI WSFI and its affiliate, Sports Faith International, to the Apostolate of Evangelization and Catechesis through the communications media, especially radio. You are serving well, Christ, alive in the church, for us and for the salvation of the world, in continuity with the heroic service given by the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen as a communicator for Christ. During my years of service as Bishop of La Crosse and then as Archbishop of St. Louis, I always greatly treasured the contribution of Catholic radio to the mission of the church. It is not difficult for me to imagine what a blessing WSFI is to Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. In the name of us all, I thank the staff of WSFI for all that they have been doing for so many years to serve Christ and his mystical body, the church. I thank, to all those who make possible the apostolate of WSFI. The recognition... The recognition of Christian sportsmanship is likewise a powerful tool for drawing souls to Christ and thus to their eternal happiness. Virtuous athletes give witness to the discipline and perseverance necessary to follow Christ daily on the way of the cross, which alone leads to eternal life. They inspire us all to strive for excellence in the Christian life so that at the end of our earthly pilgrimage, we can say with St. Paul, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I'm especially honored tonight by the presence of His Excellency Bishop Joseph Perry, Auxiliary Bishop of Chicago, and I'm happy to have the occasion to express publicly my great esteem for Bishop Perry. Thank you so much, Your Excellency, for your presence this evening. (laughs) Carrying out the Christian Apostolate by means of radio is most efficacious the radio as a means of communication has a certain familiarity with us whether it is in our homes or our places of work or in our automobiles the radio accompanies us throughout the day and is often a vehicle by which we receive comfort inspiration and strength in a particular way the radio reflects the intimate nature of the teaching of the faith and of prayer and of worship all of which come to us because of God's immeasurable and unceasing love so perfectly represented for us in the sacred heart of Jesus. The Apostle of Catholic Radio is also financially demanding. As you are blessed to take part in tonight's celebration, I urge you to renew your financial support so that the apostolate may continue and indeed increase. One of the aspects of the new evangelization in which Catholic radio has played a key role is the proclamation of the gospel of life. The gospel of life is in fact in the words of Pope Saint John Paul II at the heart of Jesus' message. In coming to you tonight, at a time when our culture reflects more and more a loss of respect for the inviolable dignity of innocent and defenseless human life and for the integrity of its cradle in the family formed by marriage, I've thought it appropriate to reflect on the Gospel of Life and Catholic Radio. Certainly principal among all of the graces which flow from the Sacred Heart of Jesus into the Church, into our hearts, are the graces of safeguarding and promoting human life and of honoring in all things the integrity of marriage as a sacrament of the love of Christ the bridegroom for his bride, the Church. Writing about the mission of the Church in the world, Pope Saint John Paul II underlined the heart of the mission declaring, every individual precisely by reason of the mystery of the word of God who was made flesh is entrusted to the maternal care of the Church. Therefore, every threat to human dignity and life must necessarily be felt in the church's very heart. It cannot but affect her at the core of her faith in the redemptive incarnation of the Son of God and engage her in the mission of proclaiming the gospel of life to, uh, to in all the world and to every creature. The church, the mystical body of Christ, is called to express the unconditional, immeasurable, and unceasing love of God the Father for every man. The pierced heart of Jesus and the blood which flowed therefrom is a sign of the rivers of living water which never cease to flow from the glorious heart of Jesus into the hearts of all believers and from their hearts to the hearts of all men. Catholic radio is the most efficacious vehicle for the transmission of the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus for all men, and in a particular way for those in most need. Pope St. John Paul II recalled the profound and enduring effect of the piercing of the heart of Jesus after he had died on the cross for the salvation of all men. He wrote, the body of Christ, while it reveals the grandeur of the Father's love, shows how treasured man is in God's eyes, and how inestimable inestimable is the good of his life. He went on to explain how the blood of Christ reveals the call of every man to care unconditionally for his fellow man. He wrote, furthermore, Christ's blood reveals to man that his greatness, and therefore his vocation, consists in the sincere gift of self precisely because it is poured out as the gift of life, the blood of Christ is no longer a sign of death, of definitive separation from the brethren, but the instrument of a communion which is richness of life for all. Whoever in the sacrament of the Eucharist drinks this blood and abides in Jesus is drawn into the dynamism of his love and gift of life in order to bring it, in order to bring to its fullness the original vocation to love which belongs to everyone. Participation in the Eucharistic sacrifice, the highest and most perfect expression of life in Christ, of communion with the Holy Trinity, is the ultimate and unfailing source of the inspiration and strength to safeguard and foster human life. This is why uh, Patrick mentioned the question about those who support uh, procured abortion uh, not being admitted to the Holy Eucharist. What an absolute contradiction to be in favor of the attack on innocent and defenseless human life and then present oneself to receive Holy Communion. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure these things out. In the words of Pope Saint John Paul II, it is from the blood of Christ that all draw the strength to commit themselves to promoting life. It is precisely this blood that is the most powerful source of hope. Indeed, it is the foundation of the absolute certain certitude that in God's plan life will be victorious. The first and most important component of the Apostolate of respect for human life is communion with Christ, who is the gospel of life through the Holy Eucharist and penance and through their extension by means of daily prayer and devotion. In that regard, I commend WSFI for your programming, which helps listeners to worship God in spirit and truth, to pray, and to deepen their devotional life. At the same time, I urge you to take the inspiration and strength for the apostolate from your encounters with Christ in the sacraments of penance and the Holy Eucharist. I would now like to offer two reflections on the gospel of life. First, I reflect on the constitutive elements of the gospel of life, and secondly, on the principal means of proclaiming the gospel of life. These reflections are taken from Pope St. John Paul II's encyclical letter, Evangelium Vitae, the gospel of life, and they have direct application to the apostolate of Catholic Radio. The constituent elements of the gospel of life. The first constitutive element is the truth about the inviolability of innocent human life, that truth which is written upon every human heart. In other words, the first constitutive element of the gospel of life is the natural moral law, of which the first precept is the safeguarding and fostering of human life. At the very beginning of Evangelium Vitae, Pope John Paul II made clear the relationship of the Church's teaching regarding human life to the moral law which can be known by reason. He declared, the Church knows that this gospel of life, which she has received from her Lord, has a profound and persuasive echo in the heart of every person, believer and non-believer alike, because it marvelously fulfills all the heart's expectations while infinitely surpassing them. Even in the midst of difficulties and uncertainties, every person sincerely open to truth and goodness can by the light of reason and the hidden action of grace come to recognize in the come to recognize in the natural law written in the heart the sacred good of human life from its very beginning until its end and can affirm the right of every human being to have this primary good respected to the highest degree. Upon the recognition of this right, every human community and the political community itself are founded. For our own nation, which is suffering so greatly at this time, until we get it straight about the respect for the life of the unborn, for every human life, from the moment of conception to natural death, We will not have an end to the violence and to the destruction, which is, in fact, uh, attacking the very fabric of our communities and of our life as a nation. What, then, is the relationship between the natural moral law and the church's moral teaching? While God has first revealed to every human heart the truth about human life by the creation— He has perfectly revealed the truth in all of its splendor by the redemptive incarnation of his only begotten Son. What is more, the coming of God the Son as man into the world, his saving passion, death, resurrection, and ascension, and his abiding presence in the Church through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, give man the grace to live fully in accord with the truth. Pope John Paul II explained the relationship thus. Through the words, the actions, and the very person of Jesus, man is given the possibility of knowing the complete truth concerning the good of human life. From this source, he receives in particular the capacity to accomplish this truth perfectly, that is, to accept and fulfill completely. The responsibility of loving and serving, of defending and promoting human life. In Christ, the gospel of life is definitively proclaimed and fully given. This is the gospel which, already present in the revelation of the Old Testament, and indeed written in the heart of every man and woman, has echoed in every conscience from the beginning from the time of creation itself in such a way that despite the negative consequences of sin, it can also be known in its essential traits by human reason. The human conscience, if it has not been corrupted by confusion and error, naturally recognizes the inviolable dignity of every human life and commands that it be safeguarded and promoted. Natural Moral Law and Conscience. Essentially connected with the discussion of the natural moral law is the correct understanding of conscience. Pope St. John Paul II, relating the intent of his encyclical letter, drew a particular attention to the relationship of the gospel of life with conscience. He wrote, I wish to meditate upon once more and proclaim the gospel of life the splendor of truth which enlightens consciences the clear light which corrects the darkened gaze and the unfailing source of faithfulness and steadfastness in facing the ever new challenges which we meet along the path he reflected upon the situation of the conscience which is today subjected also as a result of the penetrating influence of the media to an extremely serious and mortal danger that is of confusion between good and evil precisely in relationship to the fundamental right to life. He did not fail to warn about the gravity of the situation, declaring, when conscience, this bright lamp of the soul calls evil good and good evil, it is already on the path to the most alarming corruption and the darkest moral blindness. We are all witnesses today to this truth. But at the same time, the very existence of the conscience gives hope of a transformation of the situation. Pope John Paul II observed, and yet all the conditioning and efforts to enforce silence fail to stifle the voice of the Lord echoing echoing in the conscience of every individual. It is always from this intimate sanctuary of the conscience that a new journey of love, openness, and service to human life can begin. Notwithstanding pervasive confusion and error regarding the fundamental truth of the inviolable dignity of human life, the gospel of life corresponds always to our deepest desire, to the deepest desire of man, which is to know and live the truth in love. Catholic radio stands as a sign of contradiction to the communications media which to the harm of many are agents of the culture of death. Just as so many media are the agents of the culture of death, you have the great capacity and in fact are exercising that capacity to be the agents of the culture of life. The proclamation of the gospel of life should be marked by a profound confidence in the human heart upon which the moral law law has been inscribed. At the same time, it should be ready to refute the false claim that unconditional respect for the inviolable dignity of innocent human life is merely a confessional matter. That is a matter of our confession as Catholics and to illustrate how how it is at the very foundation of the common good. Today, the attack Uh, on human life is not only an attack against the faith, but it is even more so an attack against right reason itself. The inviolable dignity of innocent human life. Having set forth clearly the natural moral law and its relationship with Catholic teaching, Pope John Paul II made three authoritative declarations of the content of the moral law and what pertains to the gospel of life. And I'd like to read each of these to you. The first statement reads, Therefore, by the authority which Christ conferred upon Peter and his successors and in communion with the bishops of the Catholic Church, I confirm that the direct and voluntary killing of an innocent human being is always gravely immoral. This doctrine-based upon that unwritten law which man in the light of reason finds in his own heart is reaffirmed by sacred scripture, transmitted by the tradition of the Church, and taught by the ordinary and universal magisterium. Having stated the perennial teaching of the Church regarding the inviolable dignity of of innocent human life, Pope John Paul II made clear that the conscious and deliberate destruction of an innocent human life is always and everywhere evil and can never be licit either as an end in itself or as a means to a good end. Such an act is, in the words of Pope St. John Paul II, a grave act of disobedience to the moral law and indeed to God himself, the author and guarantor of that law. It contradicts the fundamental virtues of justice and charity destruction of innocent human life and procured abortion. The next two authoritative statements are applications of the first. The second applies the truth of the inviolable dignity of innocent human life to the question of procured abortion. Pope John Paul II declared, therefore by the authority which Christ conferred upon Peter and his successors in communion with the bishops, who on various occasions have condemned abortion, and who, albeit dispersed throughout the world, have shown unanimous agreement concerning this doctrine, I declare that direct abortion, that is abortion willed as an end or as a means, always constitutes a grave moral disorder since it is the deliberate killing of an innocent human being. This doctrine is based upon the natural law and upon the written Word of God, is transmitted by the church's tradition and taught by the ordinary and universal magisterium. Although time does not permit the treatment of a number of moral issues directly related to procured abortion, Pope John Paul II makes clear that practices like experimentation on human embryos and selective so-called eugenic abortion which utilizes prenatal diagnostic techniques are always and everywhere evil. Destruction of innocent human life and euthanasia. The third authoritative statement applies the truth of the inviolable dignity of innocent human life to the practice of euthanasia. After having distinguished an action or omission which of itself and by intention causes death with the purpose of eliminating all suffering from the decision to forego so-called aggressive medical treatment, in other words, medical procedures which no longer correspond to the real situation of the patient, either because they are by now disproportionate to any expected results or because they impose an excessive burden on the patient and his family, Pope John Paul II declared, taking into account these distinctions, in harmony with the magisterium of my predecessors and in communion with the bishops of the Catholic Church, I confirm that euthanasia is a grave violation of the law of God, since it is the deliberate and morally unacceptable killing of a human person. This doctrine is based upon the natural law and upon the written word of God, is transmitted by the Church's tradition and taught by the ordinary and universal magisterium. Once again time does not permit the discussion of the moral issues directly related to euthanasia, for example so-called assisted suicide, which Pope John Paul II addresses after having enunciated the authoritative teaching in the matter. And as we all know this is a growing concern in our own nation and of course has been a great concern in, in many countries where the practice of euthanasia is now widespread. The principal means of proclaiming the gospel of life, my second reflection. What then are the principal means of proclaiming the gospel of life? The fundamental locus of the proclamation of the gospel of life is the family, in which children witness the gospel of life and the relationship of their parents with one another and in the relationship of their parents with them. Such witness pertains not only to the beginning of human life in the correct understanding and living of human sexuality, but also to the end of life in the acceptance of human suffering as the way of unconditional love of others in accord with the teaching of the Lord, which St. Paul articulates in the first chapter of the letter to the Colossians. The gospel of life is integral to the spiritual worship at the heart of the family. Lifting up their their hearts to the glorious pure start of Jesus in the Eucharistic sacrifice, parents and children are cleansed and strengthened to live Christ's pure and selfless love in their relationships with each other. Catholic Radio and its dedication to the gospel of life is in a particular way an encouragement and support to sound family life. Pope John Paul II declared as part of the spiritual worship acceptable to God, the gospel of life is to be celebrated above all in daily living, which should be filled with self-giving love for others. In this way, our lives will become a genuine and responsible acceptance of the gift of life and a heartfelt song of praise and gratitude to God who has given us this gift. This is already happening in the many different acts of selfless generosity, often humble and hidden, carried out by men and women, children and adults, the young and the old, the healthy and the sick. In number 92 of Evangelium Vitae, Pope John Paul II treated at length the decisive responsibility of the family for the proclamation of the gospel of life. He illustrated at some length the critical role of the family not only in teaching the welcome due to new human life, but but also in teaching the meaning of suffering and death. As he observed, the family has a special role to play throughout the life of its members from birth to death. Evangelium Vitae refers to many more agents and means of the proclamation of the gospel of life such as healthcare workers, volunteers, educators, civil leaders, and legislators, hospitals, clinics, convalescent homes, Catholic schools and universities, and other institutions in service which assist individuals and families in living the truth of the Gospel of Life. Time does not permit an adequate treatment of all of them. I wish, however, to treat briefly two especially in the context of our celebration of Catholic radio. In advancing the respect for the inviolable dignity of innocent human life, proper attention must be given to the laws which govern the life of society. While the transformation of hearts is the most fundamental means of the new evangelization, Catholics and all persons of goodwill must be attentive to promote laws which safeguard the dignity of human life. At the same time, one cannot ignore the irreplaceable role which law plays in culture. Pope John Paul II observed, although laws are not the only means of protecting human life, nevertheless, they do play a very important and sometimes decisive role in influencing patterns of thought and behavior. I repeat once more that a law which violates an innocent person's natural right to life is unjust and as such is not valid as a law. For this reason I urgently appeal once more to all political leaders not to pass laws which by disregarding the dignity of the person Undermine the very fabric of society. In this regard, involvement in political life is essential to the advancement of the cause of life. Already in his apostolic exhortation, Familiaris Consortio, on the family in our day, Pope John Paul II had declared, the social role of families is called upon to find expression also in the form of political intervention. Families should be the first to take steps to see that the laws and institutions of the state not only do not offend, but support and positively defend the rights and duties of the family. I must say in parentheses that it pleases me so much to see in certain states in our nation, families rising up to oppose these laws which are fundamentally destructive of of family life. Along these lines, families should grow an awareness of being protagonists of what is known as family politics and assume responsibility for transforming society. Otherwise, Families will be the first victims of the evils that they have done no more than note with indifference. The Holy Father repeated the same exhortation to families in in Evangelium Vitae. Secondly, I underline the importance of developing and supporting truly pro-life and pro-family media and of organizing and sustaining public manifestations in support of the inviolable dignity of innocent human life and the integrity of the family. The culture of death advances in large part because of a lack of attention and information among the general public. What is more, the thoroughly galvanized anti-life and anti-family agenda of the pervasive mass media confuses and corrupts minds and hearts and dulls consciences To the law written by God upon every human heart. Pope Saint John Paul II declared, what is urgently called for is a general mobilization of consciences and a united ethical effort to activate a great campaign in support of life. All together, we must build a new culture of life new because it will be able to confront and solve today's unprecedented problems affecting human life, new because it will be adopted with deeper and more dynamic conviction by all Christians, new because it will be capable of bringing about a serious and courageous cultural dialogue among all parties. While the urgent need for such a cultural transformation is linked to the present historical situation, it is also rooted in the Church's mission of evangelization. The purpose of the Gospel, in fact, is to transform humanity from within and to make it new. Like the yeast which leavens the whole measure of dough, the Gospel is meant to permeate all all cultures and give them life from within, so that they may express the full truth about the human person and about human life. Pope John Paul II did not fail to note that such efforts must begin with a renewal of the culture of life within Christian communities themselves. The Church herself must address the situation of so many of her members who, even though they may be active in the Church, end up by separating their Christian faith from its ethical requirements regarding life and thus fall into moral subjectivism and certain objectionable ways of acting. Certainly, Catholic radio is a most efficacious means of announcing the gospel of life both within the church herself and in the whole of society. To conclude, it is my hope that these reflections, inspired by the encyclical letter Evangelium Vitae, have helped to underscore the fundamental place of the gospel of life in our daily living and the important service which Catholic Radio gives to us so that the gospel of life is at the heart of our practice of the faith. Most of all, I hope that they will lead to a new reading of the encyclical letter assisted by Catholic Radio as the inspiration and guide for all labors to overcome the culture of violence and death and to advance the civilization of life and love. The only effective response to the daunting challenges of Christian living, of advancing the cause of life, is the placing of hearts totally within the glorious, pierced heart of Jesus. He will transform lives, and through the conversion of lives, he will transform the world. As he was dying on the cross, Christ gave the Blessed Virgin Mary, his mother, to us as our mother. She is constantly drawing hearts to her immaculate heart so that with her, faithful disciples may give their hearts totally and forever to Christ. She carries out her mission in a special way at holy places of pilgrimage, like the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe at La Crosse, Wisconsin, or the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in New Franken, Wisconsin. I know also you have the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe here, I believe in do you say Des Plaines, I think is where it's located. But I would like to urge all of you to make a pilgrimage to Our Lady's shrines, these shrines which are so very accessible to you, uh, because when you go on pilgrimage, Our Lady will take you as a pilgrim to her divine son. She unfailingly does this. She will take you to his heart with the instruction which she gave to the wine stewards at Cana, do whatever he tells you. it's not complicated <laughs> and I would like in a special way as the founder of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe and we have our executive director here this evening Father Paul Chuck uh, would invite you to also our director of communications uh, back at Ghetto, that, uh, to invite you to make a pilgrimage uh, under the care of Our Lady who will take you unfailingly to the heart of her son. Saint Joseph, the virginal father of Christ and true spouse of the Virgin Mary, is both our example of a pure and just relationship with one another and our fatherly protector. He is the protector of all human life and he intercedes daily for us before the throne of God, showing us the way to cooperate as fully as possible with the divine grace which comes into our hearts from the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We call especially in this great work of the Gospel of Life upon the intercession of St. Joseph, Protector of Holy Church.
2: Calling upon the
1: intercession of Mary Immaculate and St. Joseph and of the Venerable Fulton J. Sheen, I invoke God's blessing upon WSFI Radio, and upon all who support its most important mission. Thank you for your kind attention, and God bless you all.
0: Please be seated. Thank you, Cardinal. I believe we'll have the announcement of door prize raffle winners. I hope we will. It's a door prize winner, Lisa Ellert of Libertyville, Illinois. number is 514-7730. 514-7730. Thank you to the students from Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart. They are on hand to collect the door slips and the appeal response. Donations received tonight will receive a complimentary DVD of Unplanned, donated courtesy of Tony Sands uh, producer who is in the audience tonight. <laughs> David Carollo is the executive director of the World Apostolate of Fatima USA, also known as the Blue Army. He also serves as a guest host on 7:50 a.m. Winds of Change and WSFI Catholic Radio, 7:50 a.m. and 88.5 FM. David, when i speak to us.
3: Thank you, Pat. Your Eminence, thank you for uh, once again putting things in a great perspective as you always do. I guess. Uh, uh, last year you were at our shrine, as you said, in New Jersey in July, or excuse me, in July, right before you were, you took ill. And uh, your, your homily that day went viral. It went all over the place because it was so inspiring. And you spoke about what you talked about today, the culture and the situation that we have. And I think that, um, you know, that's really where we are today. You are very much a, a light in a period of darkness and we do appreciate that. So thank you again. Uh. <clears throat> I I wanna thank Angela Tomlinson for inviting me to participate in this event. Uh, I've been a a guest on her show a number of times. I do guest host the Winds of Change for Father Anthony Bush occasionally on WNDZ. And when when it came together here, it was really really a beautiful thing to see EW10 radio in Chicago and uh, very happy again to be part of this. Um, You know, I'm glad uh, that uh, the network you know, helps me and helps us bring the message of Fatima to a world that needs it very badly. Uh, 75 years ago, our founder, Mr. John Haffert, who was a co-founder of the Blue Army, recognized the power of the media. And he had a show in New York um, that he, where he interviewed all types of Catholic politicians. And he was bringing in the world into the perspective of the Fatima message then. And it was, it was relevant then in the 50s and the 60s. And of course today, with so many avenues out there, Uh, He just, he he thought that that this was the way. So our apostate has always been founded on this type of thing to be part of Catholic media. Uh, In the 1980s, he had the the site to bring Mother Angelica to the Blue Army Shrine in New Jersey uh, to bring this idea she had about Catholic media, something that people really snickered at in the beginning and look at the network today. So we really are are happy to be part of that, very honored to be part of it, actually. And uh, I have... uh, Uh, I have been on many different shows, both on television and radio there, and it's just very much an avenue to get out our message and the Catholic faith. The fact that we have, you know, we know that the media is a cesspool. Let's be realistic. The Internet is the same. So we have to bring what we can to it. And if we bring our light to that darkness, we will be the people that our eminence is talking about. Now for a plug, okay? his eminence is a regular visitor to the National Blue Army Shrine of the Lady of Fatima. It's about five years running, and um, he will be with us again on June 13th. So if you get on I-80 and drive east through Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, get off the first exit in New Jersey, you can visit us on, July, on June 13th when his eminence is there this year. Uh, we are very, very honored to have you back. And I know last year after you were there and you took ill, everybody said, well, he'll probably never be back again. I said, don't bank on it. <laughs> so, so when you accepted our invitation for this year we're very honored and happy to see you again look forward to that day you know, um, you know it's, I think as Eminence pointed out that you know, God is in charge we all prayed so hard for you when you were sick but you know I mean he has more work for you to do so I think uh, so you're not getting out this easy <laughs> But all of our events can be viewed on our, on our social media and on our website, bluearmy.com, and EWTN television is covering most of our, our 13th of the month events. We have the events from 13th of May, June, July, August, September, and October. These uh, commemorate the uh, six uh, apparition dates of, the, uh, of Our Lady of Fatima. Um, and again, EWTN, will. there'll be a number of those will be, will be picked up, they're, they're, their schedule comes on and off on the television side, but we've been very honored to be directly connected with them for that. Uh, we have, of course, our, uh, our statue tours that go around the country. You see, this is the beautiful National Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima, and um, uh, who tours the diocese throughout the United States. We also have the very famous International Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima and I, uh, during the centennial year of, of 2016, 2017, the two centennial years of the angelic apparitions and Our Lady's apparitions, we visited, we had a goal to visit 100 dioceses in 100 weeks over those two years, and we blew the doors off of that and visited 140, I believe, in that period of time. So Our Lady in her motor home that says right there, you know, and the sign is on there that says do not touch her, she will touch you, and she does. And we've been able to bring this, I think, through Patrick Sabat, who, is our, who handles our program, who's with us today, uh, really going on. And tomorrow, a very special thing is gonna happen. The International Pilgrim Virgin statue will be at Belle Isle in Detroit. And then the people from Our Lady of the Cape at Cap de Montleon in Canada will be in Windsor. And across the river, we're gonna have an International Rosary. So it's really gonna be a beautiful event. And I think, uh, you know, that border is officially open now. Okay, Our Lady opened it up again. So we're we're, we're gonna have, we're gonna bring the message of Fatima there. uh, But our our legacy of this organization in uh, 75 years, we're now celebrating our 75th anniversary, is to learn, live, and spread the message of Fatima. Pope St. John Paul II said the message of Fatima was more relevant today than it was in 1917. He said that in the 90s, I contend it's more relevant today than it was then, okay? We're living in the times, we're seeing what we have, and we we really have an answer to the issues of the world. As his eminence said, we just have to come back in sync with God. As we know, the closer we are to God, there is love and serenity. The farther away we get, there's hatred and chaos. Where are we on that scale today as a world? We can change that. We can change it through prayer, particularly the rosary, and again, i again very, very honored to be part of this organization, be part of working uh, in, in the radio N2 and in the media. And I also want to thank uh, the, the priest and, and those that are so attached to us. Of course, Father Finelli is here. He's been our longest sitting board member in the world Apostle of positive Fatima, you know. And, and His Excellency Bishop Harry, a longtime friend who is our Episcopal advisor, who, <laughs> who I drive nuts probably with my phone calls. You're not going to believe this. And I, I got to run many things by him. And he's always very understanding and helpful. And thank you so much for your, your, your watching of the Apostles. So anyway, thank you for uh, allowing me to be part of this tonight, Angela and all. I wish all the best to, um, to the Catholic Radio. I'm honored to be part of it. want to continue being part of it. And let us keep fighting this fight. Thank you. God bless you.
0: Need to pull another number. Five one four seven six two seven. Five one four seven six two seven. Five one four seven six two seven Do I need to pull another number? Five one four seven six seven oh Please come forward for the 50-50 raffle, do you want to win or something? All right. Uh, Mary Louise Hensenbaugh was Miss Wisconsin. She has come over from the dark side. Now she is an excellent Bears fan. She always appeals to us. Now she will appeal to us specifically on behalf of Catholic Radio.
2: Thank you so much, Pat. What a blessing this night is. So many inspiring people here. Cardinal Burke, Bishop Perry, my husband who is corralling our three wonderful children in the middle with their engineering Lego project during this. Thank you, Brian. So many holy priests, um, people that I've worked with in the pro-life movement for years. It's so good to see so many of you. And thank you for being here tonight. When I think about people like Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Burke inspired me. When I was Miss Wisconsin, I met him. He was the Bishop of the Diocese of La Crosse. And he brought me in to speak about chastity to all of his high schools. And it was just an incredible experience to get to to know Bishop Burke at that time and now Cardinal Burke. And what a blessing he is to our church and how courageous he is. I just have been so inspired by him over the years. He reminds me of Mother Teresa who said, let's do something beautiful for God. Remember? She would say, let's do something beautiful for God. And now we have a great moment in the Respect Life movement, right? Which Cardinal Burke spoke about so profoundly tonight. We must flood heaven for the Dobbs case, right? For the upcoming Supreme Court decision. So we must flood heaven with prayers for that. But WSFI does something beautiful for God. They are a bold Catholic presence in the public square. They are bringing the fullness of Catholic faith to those who otherwise might not hear it. And it is needed more than ever now. The world is drifting farther from God and we see this in so many ways. But the answer is not rocket science, it is already there for us. It is our Catholic faith. That is the answer to all of the problems that are facing our world today. And yet so many people don't realize that. So many people, so many adults are more clueless about what the meaning of life is than my own children, my son Thomas, who's going to make his first communion. They understand, yes, they understand what the meaning of life is. And how do we reach them? Well, one great way is through WSFI. I am so blessed to be able to make this appeal, to be a supporter of WSFI. I want to make sure that this apostolate is here for my children when they are adults, and for their friends, and possibly their future spouses, their vocations. Our world needs WSFI. And tonight, you can do something beautiful for God. These events, now, it's a wonderful event, right? But there are also a lot of costs. So we all bought our tickets, right? But WSFI needs more than that. Uh, You know, there are lots of costs to this, the venue, the meal, the staff, the wonderful cooking. And so we paid for our ticket, but I would invite you to take this blue envelope that's on your table and to look at it and see if you can do something beautiful for God tonight in a special way. If you can donate $25 more or $2,500 more and to make that gift to help WSFI continue its tremendous work. Because through WSFI, when we contribute, then we can all do something beautiful for God. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mary Louise. And now we are ready for the 50-50. 426-542. 426-542. Alright. And now would uh, Cardinal Burke please Bless the statue.
1: Our help is in the name of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty, everlasting God, who did not forbid us to carve or paint likenesses of your saints in order that whenever we look at them with our bodily eyes, we may call to mind their holy lives and resolve to follow in their footsteps. May it please you to bless and to hallow this statue which has been made in memory and honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, and grant that all who in its presence pay devout homage to the Blessed Virgin may by her merits and intercession obtain your grace in this life and everlasting glory in the life to come through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. I think that some of you also had some objects that you wanted blessed that you brought with you. If you would take them out now, and just stay where you are, and then I'll bless those objects. And, and then also I'll, I'll bless rosaries if you have those. I'll give you just a minute to we'll bless the rosaries first. To the honor and glory of the Virgin Mary, Mother of God, and in memory of the mysteries of the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, may these rosaries be blessed and hallowed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ooh, is this one, not that one. Oh, okay. little... This is already blessed, I'm sure, many times. Thank okay. And then for the rest of the objects, our help is in the name of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray, God, whose word suffices to make all things holy, pour out your blessing on these objects and grant that anyone who uses them with grateful heart and in keeping with your law and will may receive from you it their maker, health and body and protection of soul by calling on your holy name through Christ our Lord. Thank you, Cardinal.
0: Monsignor Dempsey provided the wisdom of Fulton Sheen books for the parishioners of St. Patrick Parish in Lake Forest. He is here now to provide the closing prayer.
4: It's always a delight to be here with Cardinal Burke. especially because some 30 years ago or so, he and I were housemates for a number of years uh, when we were both working in the Vatican and his rooms were right above mine. And every morning he and I and a group of American priests who lived together and worked in the Vatican would say mass, we'd celebrate mass in St. Peter's Basilica on our way to work before we went to our separate jobs. Because his room was right above mine, I could hear him in the shower And he always got up earlier than I did. I knew I had at least 15 minutes more to sleep when I heard Monsignor Burke's shower going. But also reminded me of how much of an encouragement he was to us younger priests then, even though he's only a couple years older than I am, but he seemed so much more wise and experienced and a man of extraordinary holiness. And so he has been that to all of us. He has been a blessing to the church and a blessing to so many of us personally. So let us give thanks then together for this evening. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We thank you, Lord, for this splendid evening together. We thank you for the marvelous witness and example of faith you give your church in the person of Cardinal Burke. And we ask that you continue to guide and inspire him each day. We thank you for the wonderful service of WSFI Catholic Radio, and for its important mission of spreading your gospel. May it continue to touch the hearts and minds of those who seek you. We thank you for our many donors, supporters and volunteers who make the radio apostolate a living reality. Please bless them and grant them the reward of their goodness. We thank you for the delicious meal we have shared, for those who prepared it and for those who served it. Please keep us mindful and generous to those who go without, especially the suffering people of Ukraine. Grant to all who are gathered here your grace and a safe journey to their destinations. As we pray, we give thee thanks, Almighty God, for all thy benefits, who livest and reignest world without end. May the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Thank you again and God bless you.
0: Thank you, Monsignor. Thank you to all of you for being here. Jesus said eternal life is a banquet. Thanks to Matt and Angela Tomlinson. This has been a preview of heaven.